became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 93 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season five, episode five, I Forgot to Remember to Forget. I'm Drew Barrymore, and you're listening to The Ravens Podcast with Simon and Dom. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is Season 5, Episode 5, I Forgot to Remember to Forget. Dom, we're here. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. We just left the upside down of Stranger Things, which we just recorded, and we've now decided to go down under. Even even more upside down. Fully upside down. If, it, if The Simpsons is anything to believe, the toilets flush the other way around. And to verify that, we're joined by Raven's legend. She's so legendary that you and her can never be on the same zoom <laughs> otherwise we're worried the universe will combust but we're going to risk it tonight because we are joined by sophie sophie thank you for joining us and how are you hello what an introduction i am great how are you guys we're good yeah i'm absolutely fine i'm pleased to be on an episode sophie i do think we did one in season four though to be fair but definitely definitely getting one in now <laughs> yep. it was actually season three so oh, if this keeps go. going it'll be every second season that I'll s- yeah i'll see you in six yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly i know yeah. it's seven sorry seven. <laughs> and i i've pre-warned dom and sophie but potentially my dad might join and i'm very conscious because i don't want to edit and i think it might be quite funny if he does join for a second he thinks we've got a meeting a work meeting but we don't i told him the wrong day i can't get hold of him anyway if that happens you might hear my dad's voice for a minute um <laughs> but there we go being very confused but we've got a lot to talk about here there's so much going on dom is watching more tv than he has ever watched in his life because of the new ultimate raven tier so because of that people have upgraded and are now choosing shows for dom to binge watch and he will be creating individual podcast episodes for those people hopefully for public consumption we will find out if they choose that option dom tell us what it is you are actually currently viewing so um i for ldg i've watched veronica mars i've watched the three seasons that, that is stipulated in the tier um but there are some episodes that i need to go back and re-watch just to keep it fresh in my mind for when we record an episode don't worry ldg i'll be in touch to sort that out i'm also watching the boys um which is was selected by ed i don't think we've done a, a raven shower for ed so we'll do that in a minute it's on your list simon's pointing it's on his list and I'm also watching Smart Guy, which is for Simon. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm 10 episodes deep into Smart Guy. I'm five episodes deep into The Boys and I finished Veronica Mars. So uh, there's a lot of crap floating around in my head <laughs> right now. 
I hope I don't, you know, mix them up. They're all very different shows from one another, from each other. So that's good. Um, but uh, I'm actually enjoying it as well. And I'm scared at the amount of television I'm, I'm watching. So I do find reasons to leave the flat every now and then just to get away from screens and computers, from work and TV, from for podcast work. So, yeah, don't want to fry my brain. But we are also adding more to Dom's docket because we um, I've got so excited about Boy Meets World that and I've been tearing through it that I need to talk about it. Now, Dom is occupied with all of these other things, but still is going to make an appearance. So Tessa and I are going to do some podcast, one podcast episode for every season of Boy Meets World. And we're doing one a week for seven weeks. So it's an extreme run here. But Dom is going to watch the first episode of every season of Boy Meets World so that he can give his, you know, five minute rant about what he thinks, which I think will be a really interesting perspective because he'll just see the characters growing up so quickly over seven episodes. Um, So if anybody else has things that they want Dom to watch, he's hungry for it, I think. Sophie, you you're a hall of famer and we love you for it if one day you decided to go ultimate raven what would be your show choice that you would want dom to watch for you as soon as i heard about this i thought i'm definitely going to be upgrading at some point <laughs> oh gosh i know careful what you wish for dom um <laughs> i was thinking maybe have you seen the oc dom do you know what? I had a friend at university that actually loved watching the, the OC. So I used to be present in the room when it was on a lot, but I didn't pay a massive amount of attention. So I'm, mm. I'm familiar with a lot of it, but haven't, um, it, yeah, I haven't watched all of it. Um, and I, we were on a Total Betty podcast episode about the OC once. Was that the yeah, one? We're on, we're on there. That's how you discover it. Yeah. We were on their yeah. penultimate episode of the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. And we went on I and trashed it. The last one. <laughs> um, that's that's cool that you uh, found us from that. Yeah, I was like, oh, these guys are alright. Kind of like <laughs> what they have to say. <laughs> and here and I am. You, and you stuck around. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because I was thinking it'd be interesting to hear what you think um, about the OC compared to One Tree Hill. Oh, okay. Because in my head, they've always kind of been really similar to me. But and I think the OC is kind of like a better quality show altogether than One Tree Hill. Danger zone for Sophie right now. I know. As we're, as we're talking about One Tree Hill, it's been a minute. I'm gonna put the jacket on. I, I've 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 been resting my feet on it. I'm gonna put it on for a second. May I? Oh, well, please do. I think you're gonna boil, but absolutely go for it. I've got the window open. But <laughs> Sophie, quick question: Who is your favorite? one tree hill character like that dom has met so far um peyton for sure oh that's right i remember yeah that, that was our problem with you yeah that's why dom skipped yeah. them episodes yeah okay yeah. Yeah. okay yes. what about your favorite male character i think lucas oh yeah that's but why we like that's kind of hard considering the latest episode mm. That puts me off him a little bit, but I think I have to go with Lucas. And, wh- and why did you choose this episode of the podcast to be on? Mm. 
I'm not sure, but I do really like this episode. A lot of my favorite episodes always seem to be the <clears throat> the different ones that go off the usual um, kind of episode format. And those ones are always difficult ones to know how Dom is going to react because we all know famously he does not does not like anything that goes against the norm when it comes <laughs> to the writing of One Tree Hill. So Dom, the question in everyone's mind is, do you consider this filler? Even though this is flashback, it was actually filling in the blanks. Filler or not filler, that is the question. So mm-hmm. uh, I do not consider this episode filler. I think uh, the flashbacks were necessary for the story as to where we are now. And yes, it's not a filler episode in my eyes. I think it's good that we had um, a lot of a lot of context and a lot of um, unanswered questions have been answered. So, yes, it was good for that. And we get to see some good basketball. We're seeing the Cobras, uh, which is great. And I have that bag. Oh, I should have brought it in here with me. But I'm really hoping it was the one that Lucas had. But who knows? It's one of six. Uh, um, Sophie, how do you feel about the Cobras? Do you like the jerseys? Do you like that green team color? How are you feeling about it compared to our favorite Ravens? I do like it. It's still nice, but you can't beat OG Ravens. Dom, how do you feel about it? Exactly the same. It's nice to sort of see a bit of a different team, but yeah, you can't you can't see past that the beautiful dazzle cloth of the Ravens. Yeah, well, th- these are also by Cisco. So if we ever had enough love for it, we could probably ask them to reproduce them. Oh my god, leave the guy alone. <laughs> leave him alone just we'll do the one more we'll do the last one and then he's just he needs a full-on break we haven't our last order was a while ago i've been wearing them shorts for ages like at least three (laughs) seasons of weather i'm sure you've worn them out already (laughs) when they go in the dryer you have to really like flatten the raven logo again you know like it kind of crimps up i'll talk to wayne about it when we reorder wayne (laughs) well okay um and, and your boy Whitey's back. You loved. You must have loved that. It's good episode to have Whitey back. I asked about Whitey in the last episode, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then here he is. He appears as if by magic, as if I knew. <laughs> we got we see. So that's always a plus, but no Dan, which is always a minus for you. So does that balance out? Uh, I guess so. But you know, there wasn't any Dan in the last episode, and the last episode wasn't brilliant in my eyes but i will say this one was a bit better so i don't want to give too much away because we've got you know a whole podcast still to do so <laughs> okay i'm really sorry but my dad is here can i just <gasps> let him in for a second jesus <laughs> sorry oh i just let him know sorry oh my god <laughs> Hey! Oh my God! Look at that jacket! <laughs> wow! You get a lot of mileage out of that jacket, don't you? Unbelievable! Yeah, when I put it on, I just feel better about myself. It's funny. <laughs> wow! Who are these gorgeous people you're working with today? Right. So you remember, you remember my co-host Dom, wherever he is on your screen, and then Sophie is one of our Ravens. But what's funny about this hey, is Sophie. I need neither. Neither of them knew that you were coming. I 
told them it was I told them that my dad was coming, which uh you know <laughs> here you are. Let me say one thing. You can't kill Dan Scott. <laughs> That's a sound bite you can use for your promos. <laughs> oh, it's so uh, good. Paul, thank you so much. Welcome. Uh, you know, for you, I do anything. You're one of my favorite people. I absolutely love you, and I love your show. I I, well, I lurk around and watch your stuff sometimes, and I, I think you're great. I think you're going to be the next Ellen DeGeneres. I really do. There you go. <laughs> that's that's Look my silence. Man. Look at the that's... stunned silence from your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's an opening slot on TV now. There is. <laughs> Gaping wide opening has appeared in the universe for you, Simon. (laughs) My hands were sweating before knowing that you were coming in. And now I'm just all over the place. You know, I I see the bobbleheads in the back. I see the the Goldbergs. I see the lost. I see what's on the tape on your right there. Is that... uh, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah the, that's One Tree Hill. There we go. Okay. One Tree Hill. Yeah, you're All next. Right. To, you're next to Boy Meets World at the moment. Are they enjoying their podcast? You've been killing it on Drama Queens. Like oh, you, your podcast. You're not just TV royalty. You're podcast royalty now. Oh, how, how have you been enjoying that? Well, you know, you know, I have like five people in my life that are my closest friends in the whole world that I tell all my secrets to and people that you can like, you know, you really share with and joy has been, you know, one of my confidants in my life. You know, I've lost both my parents. I'm raising a kid alone. Life is different than it used to be. You know, it's like, and her and I kind of like became buddies. And so anytime joy calls me or even texts me in the middle of a drama King podcast, Hey, what was that thing that happened on that day with that person? And I'm like going this. And we like, uh, we're just, we're buddies. I would do anything for it. I think what happened was she was found herself one day needing to record an episode and so Finn Hills were busy and she had me fill in for them. And <laughs> it was like just us hanging out like normal, like, you know, sitting there sipping. She's the greatest bartender in the world. She has a full, like, you know, all the chemicals in the world and all the little rose waters and things that you do. And, you know, what do you want an old fashioned? What do you want a, you know, a, a Pim's cup? And I'm like, I don't know what the hell those things are. And she can make you anything. So um, she's the greatest host in the world. I don't know. She moved to Tennessee, so we don't live near each other anymore. Nashville, Tennessee. I'm sure the world knows that. And I think the Drama Queens is super fun. You know, people don't know this. One Tree Hill started off very much like Chad and James's, maybe even a little bit Dan's, kind of like the that show of about it ended up being like a woman's power fest. Those girls were so talented and so like, just, you know, when people walk on the screen, you can't take your eyes off them. They're so magnetic as actors and people that they really drove that series. I would say from the second season to the end, it was became a much more powerful, you know, um, kind of like, I love the feminine energy that it brought. I think it balanced off our sort of like dude energy, really beautifully does, it, does that you guys agree i don't know sure if you guys got that but i felt that way but they, were stories. they were mega power like you know actresses who really push you know and make it fun 
Definitely, definitely. And I think that's what why it still resonates with so many people. And I mean, speaking of resonating with so many people, I mean, Paul, your performances are absolutely phenomenal. We say it every week, but I mean, Dom, <laughs> Dom, Dom, we're now in the, in the midst of season five. Um, right. So Dom would, has been telling me how much he wants to tell you about the your development because your character has gone so many crazy places since we started. I mean, Dom, did you ever expect? Well, well, Dom didn't tell you. Him and I talk all the time. Dom and I, (laughs) every every Saturday, Dom and I get on a Zoom call and we chat about stuff. And so he knows everything already. Right, Dom? Tell him. Yeah, exactly that. The reason I'm so good at my predictions is that um, (laughs) Paul basically fills me in on a week-to-week basis. (laughs) That's That's it. That's it. And he gives me advice on dating. And it really works out great for both of us. There you go. Perfect match. But Dom, did you ever expect these turns? I mean, the fact, the moment when, you know, Dan picks up the gun and all of that, I mean, you would never have seen that coming, right? Simon, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see Paul turning up for this right now. I mean, so Sophie is in Australia and it must be like half six in the morning, half seven around there for you right this now. This is a lot to take in at six in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm going to go to work today and think, did that happen? Yeah, I just this talked morning? to Paul Jans. <laughs> well done, Simon. I fell for it. Me I'm, too. Oh, man, when Simon calls, we all jump. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're going to be in uh, Wilmington in November, right? Like the the big convention. Well, you know, it's funny. You should ask that. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to, like. I haven't, you know, it's like, I know they like to announce and they could do their presentation. So I'm not sure, like, if so if, I, if I jump the gun or, if, you know, so I'm, it's like, who's the guy that shot up his mouth? Was it Ben Affleck about the Marvel character and blew the ending for everybody? Like, I don't know. I mean, let's put it this way. I'm in talks to go to Brussels for a huge convention next year, which I love, love Brussels. And I just did the Paris one, which was fantastic. And I'm always up for these. We have the best fans. You know, and um, I'll get a nice haircut. I'll shave. I won't have all this white stuff around my face. I'll look like <laughs> the young Dan Scott when I walk in. <laughs> not that not Grandpa Dan's grandpa. You know, unfortunately, you, you guys, this will come for you one day too. It's <laughs> already great. Right. You look great. No man escapes it. No, nobody does. <laughs> but I have a great life. I raise a little boy by myself. I have great friends. My, my, you know, my, be- the guy I work out with every morning is one of my best friends is Nick Cassavetes. He directed the notebook and every morning we work out together and, you know, we, we, we you know, we're both writing movies together and we're, we have, I'm producing films for him once about to get released. And, and, you know, it's just like, I have a, I, you know, you, you're in high school and you dream about what your life's going to be. I wouldn't have said I would be Dan Scott if I was in high school. I thought I would be like, you know, something a little more, you know, narcissistically I, I always wanted to be like more of a kind of like a romantic movie star like a not all brad pitt or something like that but i didn't have i didn't have the looks <laughs> that's ridiculous when god was giving that's out looks range, i said i said you know you know just make me happy and so he kind of cut back <laughs> never never we we always say every every scene you're in uh and i'm not just saying this to like blow smoke i'm being 100 percent serious you just breathe energy and life into it like knowing like and dom always says if you're in an episode we always rate it higher because you bring so many different dynamics and i think you're uh 
you can tell that you put so much work into it and are super aware of what you're doing in a, such a natural way. And uh, that's thank why you're everyone's favorite antagonist. Well, well, look, I mean, I've been very goofy and, you know, I like to have a lot of fun, as you know, Simon. And because, you know, he knows that we talk every Saturday that <laughs> I'm always goofy. But the truth is, when it comes down to the work, um, you know, it's it's funny because I do believe that, you know, it is not about memorizing lines and showing up on the set and being able to, to say the lines. It's about backstory. It's about context. It's about really filling in the blanks that aren't handed to you by the writers. And a lot of that for me was making strong choices about what my relationship is with the people that scenes are in, you know, things like, like with Karen, you know, you know, where, you know, what really happened between us? It's never explained. What really happened? I have to write all that out in journals and book and long form so that when I walk into a scene, I'm informed by the dialogue that I'm saying based on the backstory that I've created for myself that isn't given to me by the writers. So I have to do a lot of that work in advance. And, and it does give you a measure of sort of like, I think, depth and, and you do have a different, um, intensity about you, especially if you make strong choices, you know, and so I did do those things. And I made some pretty strong choices with some of the characters, some of which I've never talked about. So that because, you know, when you're doing a scene and let's just say that you and I have a scene and, and I'm supposed to walk in the room and tell you that I'm no longer going to give you any money for college you have to get your job. Let's say that instead of that's the intention I'm playing because the dialogue's doing all the work for me. Right. It's telling you what I'm doing. So what's the intention, though, if I play an intention that is different than what's written in the dialogue? There's this kind of like complexity that comes across in the work. So I'll pick something. Actually, I'm dying of cancer with every line I tell you. It's not that I'm taking away your money, even though those are the words behind the words is I'm dying of cancer. I need to teach you how to be on your own and be independent. And so when I layer that into my work, nobody knows that I'm playing an alternate intention into the dialogue. Is this too much? Because I don't mean to be. Um, this is wonderful. <laughs> well, well, this is this is how you create, you know, that kind of a character that gives you those those powerful moments because my intention is not always synchronized with the dialogue. And so you get these, and if you watch my performances, you can see what the fuck's going on here. Something's more at work here than what he's saying. And that's because of these choices I make before I start the scenes and I don't share them with the other actors. It's none of their business because it's my performance and I don't negotiate in life before I go break up with a girlfriend. Hey, when I come break up with you later, you say this, I'll say this, and then we'll walk away. You don't know. So why would I negotiate with an actor before I go do a scene? I go do the scene and I do what I'm going to do and they do what they're going to do. And we figure it out. You, you beat me to it. You beat me to the punch. Cause I was going to say how, how informed are the other actors? Um, when don't you, tell them. when, when you create this business. backstory. Let them, do their own, <laughs> let them do their own work. <laughs> let them do their own homework. You know what you I mean? Not right? doing it for them. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, how interesting would that be if everybody negotiated what they're going to do? That's not a scene. There's no tension there, you know, and it who, can be fresh. Who, who are the who are the cast members that handled that the best then? Because you like, we, we can... I only say that because Joy and I have a, I mean, maybe it's because I say Joy's the best. How can I say she's the best? Everybody was really talented on that show. I mean, look, there were days when I was stunned. I did a scene with Hillary one time and I just was like, I felt like I was going to get like, 
I mean, I just think she's a power. That that is a powerful, powerful human being, and her work is profound. Um, you know, obviously, I think Moira Kelly is maybe one of the best actors I've ever worked with in my life, male or female. And I've had the good luck to work with like Sally Field and Whoopi and go, you know, every line, you know, wonderful actors in my life. Um, uh, Duvall, Denzel, Sean Penn, Robin Wright. I've had a great opportunity to work with, and I think Moira Kelly stands with anybody in the world. She's spectacular. You know, Downey, you know, um, but from the male side, you know, I really, you know, this really like Tyler's the most fun person I've ever even been around in my life. So he's just like, it's like Tyler's Jim Carrey. He's like funny and smart and charming and talented. And I hate him. <laughs> and, <laughs> he's just, you know, and, you know, and, even, you know, I'll tell you something, you know, I've watched Chad in some of this new work he's been doing. He's really become a solid actor. His his work in some of the work he's been in since One Tree Hill also has, um, I think he's really stepped up his game. He's becoming like a legitimate, solid, like leading man. You know, Austin Nichols is a terrific actor. You know, we, we were real lucky. Brian Greenberg. I mean, come on. James? Have you seen James's series? Uh, we're, we're actually going to cover it on the podcast. Are you? Uh, yeah, we're going to do each episode. So uh, we're going to watch it as first-time viewers together. So, and hopefully we can, we'll invite them on as well, uh, you know, to talk about it, hopefully. So, yeah. Which, kind, which season stands out for you guys as the most watchable season? Because there's reasons for each season being good, but one of them must stand out to you guys. Sophie, what would you say? Season three, definitely. I always think, I think you said this, Paul, I don't know if it was with Simon or Drama Queens, but it's true, but I never consciously thought about it, how like each season has that tone shift. Yeah. And I think my favourite tone is season three. And then obviously we have the shooting episode and how that just changes everything for the whole show. But it, it? I, I, I'm, You and I share that. It is the one that I think too. I agree mm. with you. Season three. Yeah. yeah, it has yeah, kind of like the best drama. It's also fun in a lot of episodes fun. as well. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's hair is great. <laughs> <laughs> so important to the CW, trust me. I would get oh, notes yeah. on my hair. Are you kidding me? They would come, okay, producers would come my room time and you'll love this. They'd come into my dressing room and they'd go, Paul, how are you? Did you get some coffee? Yeah, great. Did you, like some, did you have some breakfast? No, I'm good. I'm good. You know, oh, is this room too hot? We can cook. I'm like, no, it's good. It's good. I know they're trying to like, you know, get to something. And I'm like waiting for it. And they're like, you know, um, do you think it would be okay? And only if you're okay with it, could we comb your hair because it's like and i'm like that's that's what this is all about i'll take the coffee <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's like literally they were afraid, they were kind of afraid to tell me how bad my hair was and i just didn't care you know i'm one of those wash and wear canadians you know what i mean like put me out in the woods you know it's like i don't care i didn't i won't even some there's days or weeks where i won't even look in the mirror and then you know when i'm fortunate enough to be dating anybody that can tolerate me they'll, they'll, they'll walk over and go let me just get that for you I'm like okay all right because it's embarrassing it's just like i just got out of the pool right now for you guys so this is why it looks like this hold on, <laughs> I wait, think- ready, ready ready hold on hold on, hold on. where is it there it is the pool yeah. <laughs> california <laughs> ah, the endless mirror why am i sitting behind a mirror this is ridiculous right, enough enough no, Simon, I don't do drugs if that's what you're thinking. Stop I, it. 
<laughs> not at all i i think yeah i don't even know i'm lost i'm lost for words i'm lost for words right, well, if if you go to brussels you have to do well we'll find out i'm sure through instagram and whatever but uh you know that's not too far for dom and i so that's definitely we'll we'll catch a flight out there to uh come and to come and speak to you in person would yeah, be a we'll pleasure. do an in bruges conversation we'll do the whole thing right love that we'll buy you a couple how beers. great was that movie great movie okay, let me, can, I ask, can I ask you an off the cuff question what's what's some of your favorite movies of all time just a couple of random ones I'm a weird dude you're gonna be able to take this we're, we're ready all right well, you're sitting down we can do this so um with Nell and I come on you guys even know what movie that is it's Richard E. Grant isn't it Richard E. Grant it's an English movie it's about um two out of work down and out actors in the 70s in London trying to get gigs and they're ridiculous it is the and it was produced by George Harrison of the Beatles his first production and it's actually a masterpiece it's a masterpiece it's beautiful and the because the characters are very much kind of like um uh you know uh i would say shakespearean kind of tragedies and they love each other but they're, they can't get out of their own way. They can't, they couldn't succeed if it bit them in the ass. They just, they're just <laughs> disasters. And it's, it's really wonderful. It's a beautiful movie. Um, I like that. I love um, Gallipoli, I think, it was a terrific fantastic movie from the 80s or late to the 80s. Uh, you know, that's about the landing of the Australians in the beach in Gallipoli in Turkey during World War I. Uh, Mel Gibson is, I think it's his second movie. And it is, profound it's a beautiful touching movie um i love the long lawrence of arabia i think that's maybe uh because i believe in cinema and not just you know i think that's a cinematic movie um in scope and i think those movies they don't make them anymore the dated lean bridge over the river Kwai kind of stuff you know um um and then i mean there's even there's another british movie believe it or not by i think it's mike nichols or Mike Lee, it's called um, Topsy Turvy. You ever seen it? It's about the story of Gilbert and Sullivan. You know it? No, no I'm just no, pointing at, not, no. I'm pointing at Dom because uh, the episode where this jacket's from, where it all switches around, Dom calls it the Topsy Turvy episode. <laughs> right. um, so it's just ironic. But uh, yeah, so what's that one about? Uh, Topsy Turvy is the story of Gilbert and Sullivan. They're, they're the great that were. The, you know, the, the writing and, and musical team that created the incredible West End of, of London, um, you know, hits, you know, like M. Butterfly and all that stuff. I mean, just, I, I mean, I guess you you could say that I'm a little weird. <laughs> like, a little no, off not at all. Can I, can I, one last one. We ask everybody this. Uh, what's your fate? What's a movie, a bad movie that you love, like a trash movie that hmm. you still love, you know, like a never, like a never been kissed or a happy Gilmore or something. Well, that's a great movie, but you know, movies that aren't that great critically, but you love it. It's like a guilty like, pleasure. A guilty pleasure. Yeah. I've got a few of those. Um, one is soap dish, which I'm in, which is the story of a soap opera in the late eighties with Sally Field and Kevin Klein and Downey. It's, it's hilarious. The back workings of a soap opera. Uh, Michael Hoffman directed it, and it's just terrific. Um, it's very cheesy and wonderful. Um, but in that realm, I guess, um, um, I guess the longest yard, the original with Burt Reynolds, is kind of the cheesy, wonderful one. Blade Runner, the original one with with uh, 
Harrison Ford. And a lot of people don't like it, but I think it's fucking amazing. You know what I mean? The original one. Um, yeah. Cheesy. Okay, let me go one more cheesy. I'll do a rom-com because I know you guys like that. So, oh, uh, <laughs> I Love Family Man with Nicolas Cage. That's a great movie. Family Man is like my go-to Christmas movie for a good yeah. feels. Right? Yeah. Remember? I've got, I've got it up here somewhere. He's yeah, like a, a rich, like single dude who missed out on a chance to marry a girl and gets sent back in time by Don Cheadle, a kind of an angel, right? <laughs> Go live a life of like broke with kids and this wife and messy world. And he's like, where's my Lamborghini and all my hot chicks and my money? And he ends up not wanting to go back to his old life. It's beautiful. Family. Is it family man or family guy? Family man, right? Family man. Yeah. Family man. Brilliant. That's a good one, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But Sophie, what's one? Throw us one. I need one from you. Oh, like my favorite a trash kind of movie. Guilty, movie. Guilty pleasure. Yeah. You'd yeah. feel bad if someone saw you watching it, kind of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> like a Vespa. Any- You're writing a Vespa. <laughs> any early 2000s rom com? I swear I've seen them all. Um, lose a guy? How <laughs> to lose a guy in 50 Of yeah, course. Definitely on the list. I like 27 Dresses, if you've seen that one. Catherine Heigl. Oh, right. Oh, she's great. Mm. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. definitely a guilty pleasure. Bridesmaids was good, too, though. Oh, mm. that's a good one. What about you, Don? You got one? I, I always think Deep Blue Sea is like an awful film, but it's actually <laughs> just, there's something strangely that draws you into it. Oh, you've got LL Cool J. Jason Statham? That's the Meg. Aaron Eckhart? Is that who's in it? Yeah, maybe. It's uh, I'm, going, like that, I'm yeah. going in two weeks to shoot a movie with Aaron Eckhart in uh, Kentucky. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Very yeah. cool. It's called Muzzle, about a dog. He's a <laughs> military dog. That, that uh, It's a beautiful, touching movie. I love it. What, what could, yeah, what, what have you got? What, how can people support you? Are, are you, you still on Cameo? I can put the link to that. I'm doing Cameo. Yes, I send you personalized messages. But, you know, he gets them every Saturday for free, so he doesn't have to pay. You know, he knows that. <laughs> Paul, um, we're going to have to start watching films on a Saturday together as well. Some of, the, yeah. some of your, some of your great, cho- some of your choices were fantastic. And I would happily sit, right? I'd happily sit and watch a movie with you any day. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I like that. I, um, I know that a lot of people think that I'm, I have weird eclectic kind of taste. Um, so I'm, so I'm, 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 I'm real. I mean, I have, I'm fully financed for a movie I'm going to direct and it's just a matter of me getting the script in shape. I've got um, a couple actors attached, which their deals aren't done. So I won't get into that, but it's just a beautiful story about an Italian restaurant that's closing because of gentrification. And it's just, just an old man who runs a restaurant who's lonely and, and meets um, a person in sort of like the last few days of of his job of 30 years about to close and everybody's moving on to other places and he has nothing and nowhere to go. And it's a study in loneliness, really. I was sitting in Musso and Frank's, a famous restaurant in LA, one of those old Hollywood iconic restaurants that Charlie Chaplin and John Wayne used to eat in. It's still open. And it's just, they kept exactly how it was back in the day. And I was eating in there one day with some people and I saw an old man sitting by himself. And, um, but they had two, two spaces set to eat at his table and he had his whole meal and then got up and I went to the bathroom and he was in there and uh, I was stupid because I kind of felt like, Oh, you know, I said, you know, I'm, did your, 
your friend didn't show up. I saw you had two places set. And he goes, oh, that was for my wife. I said, oh, she, she couldn't make it. He goes, oh, she died 10 years ago. And I said, well, oh, I see. He goes, well, I always have them set at our place because it's our anniversary. And I come and eat here on our anniversary every year. And he walked out of the bathroom and I just fucking cried because I was like, you know, I just I loved how much love he had for his wife. And I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know how to process that. But I maybe I felt like, God, I'd love to have what he has. I'd love to feel that in my life, to have that much love for somebody. And I don't know, it touched me. And so I started to write a movie about a, a man who who never had that and wanted it so bad. And what would he do if he felt like he was his last chance for love? Well, he'd be desperate. He would cling too hard to it and push it away. You know, it's sort of a study in loneliness is what I wanted to do in this script. So I wrote a script about it. And so I'm making that. So Amazing. That sounds oh, awesome. Did, did, can you announce what it's called or not It's yet? called Corrado's, which is the name of the Italian restaurant that he runs. Right now, um, my friend Nick Cassavetes is going to play the lead. Uh, we're out to a, two or three different actors, and we have our financing. So we're, we're, we're in a good place. We're ready to go. I just have to uh, – what I have to do is I have to – like I'm, as you guys know, you know, the writing process is all about, um, you know – if you write one character, like I just explained to you guys, that one character, I have to go into each character and make sure that they're just as flushed out, thought out, and as as complete as my main character. And I would say that on the first couple of drafts, I didn't really get there. So I need to, to, to bring up the other characters and make their stories just as important. Maybe not, they're not as big because they're not the lead, but they have to be just as well thought out. So you don't just put people around your main actor just to service him, they have to have their own needs, desires. Otherwise, it's a it's a very sort of easily pulled apart movie, if that makes sense. And that's the process that I'm going through as a writer right now. Wow. I get into detail, don't I? No. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm just wondering, when do you want us all to fly out to audition or do right, we send right. tape? Or I'm shooting it in Vancouver. Um, I'm probably going to shoot it um, right before or after Christmas because I'm doing it on a budget and uh, I've just, you know, it's, it's not, there's no, because nobody gets killed. There's no guns. There's no, it's a, it's, it's kind of a drama. Um, It's, you know, it's not a big budget movie, but it's, it's something I'm proud of, but I am writing something for my son. You know, I have an 11 year old boy, a dad, I'm writing a movie about a little boy um, who's autistic, who pitches on a little league team that turns out to be this phenomenal baseball player that nobody knew about because, you know, behind his autism, nobody thought he could do what he can do. And so it's a story of a father who's really embarrassed and doesn't know how to deal with his son because he, he, he doesn't understand autism. And he's got this kid and he kind of like never really knew how to bond with them. But now that the kids got this one talent, it brings them together in a way. And it's sort of, it's, it's called pitching in silence about this little boy. So I'm writing that on the, like kind of like the outline to get that script going. So that's my next project. Wow. Then so, so meaningful. Yeah. Go on, Dom. Oh, wait, we talked about autism, Simon, right? Hmm. We, we, we have a whole connection on that. Right. I remember the jacket and everything else. Right. Yeah. Cause uh, my wife and I run a care service for young adults with learning disabilities and autism here in the UK. So that's like what our, I was a learning disabilities teacher before doing What was that, it called? So. What's the, uh, it's, what's... It's, it's called the inclusion project. Oh, it's great. It's great. So when I'm ready, when the script is in a good shape, I'll send it to you and you can give me your thoughts on how it's handled. That'd be great. 
I'm you sweating know, even more now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, this is the thing, right? This is, this is, if I love those kind of stories. You know what I mean? My first movie I wrote was Mrs. Ritchie about two Down syndrome boys befriending, you know, a, a much younger boy and how he came to love them and appreciate them. It's like, I love those kind of stories. It's, they mean a lot to me, you know? Well, and, and so Scott, well. who knew how to heart? Oh, and it's so awesome you're using your your platforms and what you have uh, to tell those stories. You know, like you don't have to tell those stories, you're choosing to. And I think that just commends the sort of person that you are. And uh, yeah, and we really appreciate that and appreciate what you're doing. I also know <laughs> that you have a busy life and I know we've taken up a lot of your time and I uh, appreciate you okay, doing this. Let me was, crash your party. Well, this was all just on such short notice and um, we really appreciate that. You asked, like, you gave me, like, 15 minutes notice, so I feel like you gave me plenty of time to get ready, you know? And so it's, like, typical Simon. You know, what am I going to say no? (laughs) I have been very lucky. I got on a show that you all seem to really appreciate, and all those people are my friends, and I love them dearly. I I feel Montreal's my family forever, and each one of those people on that show I have a warm place for. Um, and my life is great and I just want to continue to kind of like, it's not easy. Nobody's life is easy right now, but I love the challenges. You know, I love that it's, it gets more and more confusing. We live in a very confusing world. Thank God we have these stories to tell that help us, you know, understand our own minds. Right. Definitely. And, and when there comes a point when um, drama queens where Sophia, Hillary and Joy need Dom and I to make our appearance on drama queens, we're, we're waiting. We're ready. Anytime. You know, I don't think that that's out of bounds. I think they actually are the type of, those guys are awesome. And I think if you reached out and if I gave a little nudge, I'm sure that they would probably have you guys on. I think that they're really, they're really, you know, again, I couldn't be blessed with better friends, you know, for sure and we really I'll call you on it. saturday are you going to be free on saturday morning oh, yeah, always free for you paul always. okay good let me make sure <laughs> same time on for the same time usual time okay usual time all right <laughs> well thank you so much thank you for being so supportive and so lovely and uh yeah i hope you have a great rest of your day thank you i had a blast good to see you again oh, it's been great to see you so thank great you so to meet much. you bye guys bye, bye. bye. Well, that just happened. <laughs> well, that's me, Don. Don, I'll see you in season seven. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even I'm get off. to talk to you. See you later. Yeah, I'm. I'm so hot in the jacket. Can you I see the you sweat you pouring off you of me? Be. Yeah, but you didn't know why I was putting it on, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> Sophie, I'm, Sophie, I'm so sorry. I so rudely interrupted your episode. I am. I mean, no man is that guy at all. Um, I'm very upset. <laughs> how did you guys feel? Did I pull it off with the uh, my dad's going to drop in? You did. As soon as I saw the name, I was like, he's done us. He's absolutely done us. And we haven't prepared. And oh, shit. <laughs> <You're> speechless. <laughs> well done, well, my friend. Very good they- stuff. There you go. I mean, I, I, Dom, I was going to tell you, but I organized it literally while I was walking Luna with Ethany earlier. I just met, he, he, I put, he's really great on Instagram. Like he likes like all of the stuff I put out and whatever and comments. And it's so lovely. So I just messaged him saying, Hey, we're recording later. Um, 
we you know we spoke to you at the beginning of the podcast it'd be great to speak to you sort of here in the midway point and then to speak to you again towards the end if you've got 10 minutes you know please jump on and i sent him the link and he was like yeah cool i'm just at the gym i'll uh i'll just message you when i get home so i was secretly like looking at my phone I didn't know when he was going to come on. I thought he might come on when we were recording Stranger Things. And I didn't know if he, when he was going to come on here. And then he messaged me saying, yeah, I'll be on, you know, in like 10 minutes. And then there we go. I, I, I know, do, do you wish, should I have told you, Dom, so we could have prepared questions? I mean, I, I just sort of a bit more stunned. I didn't really have anything to say. So I was desperately worried he'd spoil something. Same, because um, I didn't, I didn't warn him, and I didn't have it. I didn't have any questions prepared either. Like when we interviewed him the first time, I had a whole thing written out, yeah. and this I just thought we're just going to check in. I'm really pleased that going. Sophie said oh, season three was like my best one because if she, if, Sophie, if you'd have said like season eight, and he'd have gone, oh yeah, season eight where I die, and I would have just been absolutely devastated and think I'm not going to watch anymore. So I'm pleased you said season three, and he just shot straight back to season three and didn't say anything else. So yeah, no, no spoilers from Dan. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep, that was and, my plan. And Sophie, I mean. Now you're the proof that no one ever knows when you might just get drop a drop in from Dan. Um, people, you know, know that I text Barbara every now and again. These people could just be dropping in. Wow. Thank you so much for including me on that. <laughs> that was such felt, a great surprise. I felt really bad for both of you because I wanted to, I was sort of, I messaged you both on the Zoom and be like, please ask, you know, ask him things. Um, but uh and you did, which was great. But I wanted you to be guys to be involved, you know. He's a chatty guy and he's got a lot to say and it's great stuff. So we're happy to listen. So, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely someone where you could just listen to all day. I was just thinking, Do you think I'm allowed to follow him on Instagram yet? Yeah. Do you think that's allowed? Do you think he doesn't? Me? He doesn't post spoilers. He posts... Um, on his story and stuff yeah i think he'll follow you back send him a okay. message and say hey it's dom from ravens um, i don't want to be that guy <laughs> saturday, where are you? Just, yeah say i want to arrange our saturday i'm gonna make it fucking happen <laughs> <laughs> and of me? course of course you'd know those like like super specific movies it, with nail and eyes is, is like a, a massive cult film over here and uh has this real like kind of cult following because it's just it's such a, a funny sort of silly crazy film like you said and quite sort of dark as well so yeah just brilliant i was like nodding along because i was just like ah and then i was like oh no i haven't seen any of these oh no <laughs> <laughs> until he says a nicholas cage film <laughs> as, yeah as soon as he said a like, nicholas yes. cage film stay on that Paul, keep talking about that. Let's talk about your mate and face-off. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact that now, I've, I mean, I've never been references Ellen DeGeneres, so there's, I have that now. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely, a, like he said, there's a there's a gap in the market for someone like you to, to fill that. So go for there it. There we go. Excellent. Well, okay. Sorry, that fully sidetracked everything, didn't it? But I was so nervous. I didn't want to ruin the surprise and I wanted it to be a surprise. And uh that was great. Well done. Well done. Yeah. What, so what do we do now? Have a cigarette and go to we sleep, could, I guess. We could probably go now, couldn't we? 
Too early for a glass of wine? I'm I'm already on it. I'm sweating buckets. Like, I've got a hoodie on and I have, like, a letterman jacket. I think it's got leather arms, man. (laughs) But, right, let's get back to this episode. Um, Oh, God. Gun, Dom, you lead for a bit. I need a break. I need a minute. (laughs) He's been carrying the team. (laughs) Sophie, who do you want to talk about first? Who, where should we start with this episode? So we we don't. Have you are you up to date with us? I am. Okay, cool. So you know that we just kind of talk about the person, the the character, and we kind of find out about their story throughout our you know conversation rather than doing a synopsis now. So actually, now I've got my three questions. Can I do my three questions first? Of course. Let's, and just, be- just before that. you just before you ask them, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. I probably should just ask later, but well, I'm here now. Should, should we be releasing that section as a separate episode or just within this episode? I think just within the episode. Just keep it chill. Yeah, because it's all of us having a conversation, isn't it? I think I think put it out on Patreon uh and then Maybe just leave that episode on Patreon so people have to start. No, I'm kidding. No, put it on Patreon and then just put a big message out saying, you know, listen up. Paul's going to be on it. Post about it. I'll even put something on Instagram about it. How about that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dom's going to post on Instagram about There's it. There's a follow-back guarantee, but it doesn't say I have to post anything. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, right. hit us with your questions. Let's start with the three questions and then we'll we'll, we'll move on. So I'll read them out. Then I'll say mine, and then Sophie, you can say yours, and then Simon, you can say yours. Does that sound fun? Perfect. Please call me Ellen from now on. Okay, (laughs) Mr. Generous. Um, Okay, so the three questions are, if you had to start a band with any of the main characters, who would it be? Maximum of two. What would the band name be? And if Peyton was to be your manager and organising your rider, what one thing would you demand at each gig? So my bandmate of choice for this week is Lucas. Uh, the band name would be Broken Proposal, and we would demand all the free champagne we could handle. And that would be, so that's all relative to this episode. Sophie, what would yours be? You don't have to make it relative to the episode. It can include any character up until this point that we've seen so far. So who would you start a band with? Well, I did think about this um, after last week's episode. I reckon Chris Keller and Psycho Derek would make a great band. Oh, Just yeah, amazing! In that band, <laughs> that is immense. And to see Chris Keller not knowing what to do with him would be hilarious. Just waking up on the tour bus and Psycho Derek's just <laughs> staring at you like shit. <laughs> I think Psycho Derek would do would have like a bit of a, a, a raspy voice, you know, like um, Chester Bennington in Lincoln Park. Like he would do like. A bit shouty, but in like a melodic way. Chester Bennington, an amazing voice, rest in peace. Um, but yeah, I like that. It's a good combo. Well, what's the band called? Oh, didn't think this far ahead. Maybe Psycho Keller. Psycho Keller. I was Psycho thinking, Keller's, oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's really yeah, good. That I think great. you did that by accident, but that's really good. <laughs> Psycho Keller. That's dope. I like that. That's awesome. Tahani, we need a t shirt. (laughs) I I would go to that band. (laughs) That would be one hell of a performance. (laughs) Absolutely. 
And what would be on your rider? What's the one thing you demand in every green room that you visit? From Peyton? From Peyton. Is that the, mm, um, maybe some security, some protection from psychoderic. <laughs> Don't worry I mean, about she, me. She's going to need it as well. <laughs> yeah, take care of herself. Yeah. yeah. I've, I think best choices so far that we've had on those questions. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it out now. Nicely yeah, done. That was good. And what about you, Simon? Who's follow that? Who's joining your band? Yeah, I should have should have gone with you first. <laughs> Bloody hell! Set the bar. Start the bar lower when it comes to me, please. <laughs> I would take the guy that. Um, what do you call that? The horse and cart in the in what's meant to be Central Park. What do you call that? That horse and carriage kind of thing. Yeah, horse and carriage. Yeah. And the band name would be called Free Rides for Future Bride. Brides. Oh, Brides. Brides. <laughs> Brides. Uh, free Rides for Future Brides. I, I like it. I mean, it has possibly a slightly different connotation, but fine. Uh, and <laughs> oh, what, my what, God. What, <laughs> What, what does that mean? You're engaged. I must deflower you before your <laughs> wedding night. Was it prima nocta? <laughs> That's a word I don't know. Oh, it's in. It's mentioned in the office. You'd know if you paid attention. And what would be the? What would be on your rider? <laughs> what the US office? Yeah. Oh, is it when? You know when when Phyllis is getting married? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. And what would be on the rider? Um, to know a load of Johnnies, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's terrible. Um, let's just leave it there. Let's move no. on. Job done. Well done, everybody. <laughs> so, Sophie, Whoa. what character would you like to start with? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, should we start big with Lucas? Let's do it. Sophie, I'm worried about you getting to work on time. I'm conscious of this. I'm not. So, <laughs> Sophie, you met Paul Johansson today. Yeah. Look, <laughs> that's a big deal. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. It's not, <laughs> it's not like you, you're, you're one of, um, well, zero of our ravens that have met him on our podcast. I know. So you and are. This, look dumb. this definitely makes up for you not showing up a couple of times. You can continue <laughs> not to show up if this is what's in store. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I get it. So, uh, Sophie, so when, when the name came up, did you still think it was going to be my dad? Like, when did you know when he actually popped up? Yeah, when he popped up, because. Um, it said Quinn, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was just looking at Quinn. I guess it didn't really like compute with me yet. And then when I saw his face, I was like, what? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> just living life. Um, yeah. Great. Great. Well, yeah. So, yeah, Lucas. Um, oh, boy. I mean, well, that, should we start with where he's when he's playing but when he's coaching basketball whitey leaves him in charge and he does a great job but he becomes the coach of a college basketball team as a student still now i think in i know it's not like a high division college or anything 
But to be a coach at a college level in America is serious. Like, I think that's like, you know, it's only one down from like the pros, really. Like, in, I, I believe that's how I believe it speaks. The NCAA, the college basketball games, they're televised, they're on TV because you're looking at who's going to make it through and be drafted into the NBA. So I think those jobs are a big deal. So, I mean, there are probably a little bit of some realism issues there. But, I mean, Sophie, how do you feel about Lucas take big, being offered that so young? I guess, like, with a few other things in Season 5 so far, I guess I just kind of thought, like, oh, did that really happen? Like, that seems a bit convenient um, for the story, I guess. But um, But I do like that he's taking, like, this coaching path, like, that you do see him. Um, especially because that's a way to keep him with basketball without actually playing. But, yeah, it was cute. I did like it. And then Dom, Lucas surprises Peyton in LA. Um, There's mentions of, um, you know, she thinks he's going into some sort of phone sex thing. It's not that. He's just been spying on her. Similar to a story you told me before we started the podcast of you hiding around the, the trees. What? <laughs> when you went on the walk last oh, night. Yeah, but that was for very different reasons. That was to avoid someone, not to spy on them. Or <laughs> do like weird things. <laughs> weird is a subjective term, Dom. I will explain it. I was out for my usual walk on a daily that I do on a daily basis in his trench I, coat in my trench coat and nothing else and I walk past uh an old friend's house an old mutual friend of ours and his parents live there as well and I don't want to get into conversations with them and they were outside the house at the time so I just hid behind a tree until they went away so I could walk past because I really didn't want to have to talk to these people really didn't want to talk to them so I just waited for them to go in once you've gone in, I carried on. That explains that, but that doesn't explain why you were wearing rubber kitchen gloves and burnt the tree down, does it? Isn't that how everyone goes out for a walk? Rubber gloves and a burnt tree. That's no arson and no fingerprints. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry, God. Sophie. Sorry, this is Sophie. Sophie's going to love and hate this episode all in one go. <laughs> oh. Nothing to hate about this episode. <laughs> we can't damage it. Doesn't matter what we say. It's still going to be up there as one of the best <laughs> as, ever. As hard as we try. Exactly. <laughs> hard as you try, burn it down with your rubber kitchen gloves. <laughs> well, um, okay. So Dom, yeah, he goes there. And one thing after another isn't really going his way. And then he decides to to propose. And the proposal doesn't go the way that he wants. So he just breaks up with her. He just ditches her, really. When, to be honest, and I'm going to stand here and defend Peyton, is that her reasons were valid. Like, she's young. She's still got things to achieve. She doesn't want to go to Tree Hill. She escaped that because that reminds her of two dead mums, Psycho Derek, and all the rest of the drama that happened. She's trying to build herself. And they're only in their early 20s. Like, it's time to... I think we said this on the last episode, maybe Dom, is that your twenties is about some about self discovery, about finding out what kind of adult you're going to be for the rest of your life, and the introduction into the world of a career and adult relationships and 
betrayal and mistakes and regrets and success and good times and bad times. It's a whole mixture, isn't it? The twenties. Um, so I think he was a bit, uh, he could have been much more understanding. Yeah. And, and I mean, Lucas's attitude comes at such a bad time for Peyton and really makes the situation for her worse. You know, uh, just the fact that he turns up and says, oh, so this is like marketing and distribution or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, come on, everybody sort of in those sorts of positions in those jobs and in this sort of TV world starts in those positions, don't they? They they start in the mail room and they work their way up. And, you know, she points out the the other girl that's like an executive or like a you know junior executive doing something and that, that could be me soon enough you know i just need to keep working hard um uh, and you know kind of sort of following the rules and trying to trying to fulfill my dreams and he's really sort of quite negative about it but then you know does the proposal when she finds the ring and all stuff and he's fallen asleep and obviously she gets called away for work so it's all a bit complicated it's all a bit jumbled but his attitude at the end when he's just like well fuck you then i'm off um let's leave it there and he's like oh, i've only seen you three times this year well even when you were together in tree hill you only saw about three times because you just buggered off yourself anyway and just went and sat in cupboards and stuff and had a little <laughs> cry so stop stop being a like right weirdo about this and just you know just accept the fact that she wants a new life in la and why don't you consider moving there or go and, you know, carry on, finish your college or whatever and your career as a coach up there. And then, then you can consider moving or, you know, when she's finally decides that she wants, maybe she wants to do something different. You, you never know. Things change and things happen, but it, it really has that, that big impact. And then we see obviously Peyton walking down the corridor, um, uh, gets asked for coffee and she's like, just a minute and like shouts back. And this has kind of, you know, potentially been. Um, kind of adding fuel to the to the fire of her decline in that in that business. You know, the the reason why she's kind of looked down on by everyone is because she had a bit of a a bad moment, showed some vulnerability, and now they they're not interested in her. So she's you know had to kind of give up on that dream and move back to to Tree Hill. Great points. Sophie, what what do you think? As a Peyton and a Lucas fan, what side of the coin are you landing on here? 100% Peyton on this one. Although um, I do understand, like, why Lucas wanted that because um, I forgot about this, how they mentioned at the start of the episode with Haley and Nathan that Lucas actually lived with them for a year. So Lucas has been, like, with this family um, obviously a part of that for a year. So it does make sense that he wants that, but the way that he went about it was toxic. <laughs> and um, even if he was right with everything that he said about how Peyton's better than that place, like that label, um, I always believe that it's something that you should learn on your own. Like she has to go out and do it and learn that for herself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm really pleased that, that um, Brooke actually went, you, you know, told Lucas off. I was like, you went full Nailey. What's wrong with you? You know, are you stupid? Um, uh, and proper gives him a, a bit of a telling off about it. And then, you know, tries to ease his sorrows a little bit and make it better by getting drunk. And the way that he thought that um, proposing just would fix everything like that's not good. <laughs> smart choice, Lucas. Right. <laughs> Real smart. <laughs> that's, that's like some young naive, you know, like, 
early 20s stuff and that is good we need to have some of that because that is some a bit more realistic but yeah i mean wasn't it wasn't a great move and then continuing on not great moves is he makes a move on brook after he kind of drowning his sorrows which we often bring up the fact that this must have been awkward to film when they have scenes together because they obviously were a real couple in real life and were engaged in real life, you know, and uh, I couldn't help but think that a lot in this episode. Does that cross your mind, Sophie, when watching it? It didn't actually because I've been so used to them together, like in scenes for so long, but the fact that, yeah, like they were talking about marriage, um, especially when they're in that carriage, that awkward scene when they're like um, pretending like where their life's going to go. But no, that's so true. That would have been very awkward. Dom, does it, does that, is that in the back of your mind when you're watching it or you're kind of removed from that? Well, I think because it's highlighted so often, it's it's always kind of in my mind as well. So when I was watching it, I was thinking exactly the same. That it's it's really it is actually really quite awkward, uh, and you, you sort of think, like, I actually feel sorry for them a little bit, both of them. But I guess they're professional, need to kind of get on with it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a a thought that sort of crosses your mind as you're as you're watching it. Um, and I actually actually thought, like, there's a moment where she calls him Boozy as well, which I thought was quite funny. She's like, all right, Boozy, you know, let's get you to bed. But all of, all of that talk of, you know, how to handle your relationship and what was the right thing to do and um, stuff is clearly, you know, reflective of, of, of their real life, unfortunately, which, you know, he probably did a lot of the wrong things and she was unfortunately the victim. Yeah. And... Just to take it out of the episode for a second, but still on, you know, One Tree Hill related. We have been receiving a little bit of backlash um, from some of our opinions. And they are our opinions, which are our own. And we're allowed to have our opinions. You know, this is literally our, what do you call it? A soapbox to stand on. Yeah. Shout at people. Yeah. That is literally what this <laughs> is. <at> people. <laughs> this is our soapbox to shout at people. And if you listen and like it, we appreciate you. If you listen and don't like it, we appreciate you also. Just please do not leave horrible reviews. They do hurt our feelings. <laughs> but um we've 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 been finding humor in Haley getting a nanny and just abandoning her child. Now we're not saying that that is literally what's happening. But and as I've been explaining to people with messages and comments and things that we've received, quite often Dom and I say things just to make the other one of us laugh because we <laughs> know that if you go over the edge a little bit, we find it funny. Um, and we know that she's been pretty much the single parent there while Nathan's been going through his uh, depression and trials and tribulations with his injury, etc. But it's just amusing that it's like as soon as they've got a nanny she's not she's got two careers going on you know and um but we're not saying that parents can't have a life like we understand i'm a parent and i i know i only have a little child um but still you know that he needs all of the attention all of the time because he's just a little guy and i understand look at what we're doing right now we're podcasting this is a hobby 
that Dom and I share. Um, and this is like our own private outlets, you know, or public outlet, but this is, we do this to, this is like some of our own personal time, you know? So I get it, but it's just amusing that the way that the show's framing it, it's like, she's never with him at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dom, do you, what, what do you think? Do you have anything to say? I mean, it was yourself? nice. <laughs> it was nice yourself. to have, it was nice to have the flashback of of her actually spending time with Jamie. And oh, don't make it worse. Probably don't being make it worse. She was being like the sole carer for him because she, you know, childcare was probably not affordable for them at that point. Um, so it's nice. It was nice, a nice, comfortable family grouping, wasn't it? Of um, her, uh, of Haley, Nathan, and Jamie, and real dad Lucas. So it was just, you know, it was. It was good. Um, and she was with Jamie pretty much in every scene that she had. So, you know, she obviously cared about him at one point. Now, now he's like four years old and he's getting to a point where he can kind of walk on his own and he can run around and he can, you know, steal dad's trophies and put them in his closet, wardrobe, whatever. She doesn't need to care for him anymore. She's, she's hired help for that. So she can go on and pursue her dreams and wishes elsewhere. Absolutely fine. Her choice. Yeah you know grown-ups with kids can work great just abandon your kids everyone she's it's time to move on she's had enough of him and enough of his shit basically what you're saying is he's got nefarious behavior already you know he's stealing four years hoarding to put up with him it's that's a long time it's a long time so sophie do you have any opinions on this and how do you feel about Haley and her negligence I mean and her parenting style (laughs) well I have three of my best friends are teachers and I don't know what it's like in America but I know firsthand how that itself takes up like their whole lives like they just it's such a huge dot because like um they obviously have to come home like it doesn't end at, you know, three o'clock or whatever time, like they have to come home and prepare for the next day. And it's just huge. So the fact that she is doing that and she just like, you know, has the time to um, do all these other hobbies with, um, you know, like Peyton as well at the record label, um, nothing against Haley, but I just feel like in general, like that's not very probably realistic that she's so together at the same time. And um, yeah. So perfect. What a perfect answer. And anyone who's got hate for the three of us, please direct it all at Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> My DMs Sophie. are open for any inquiries. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll link your Instagram below. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, but also just guys, remember these are fictional characters that we're just having a laugh about. Like we're not talking about, you know, real, real humans people. here. Um, <laughs> But if we were, we would call child services. So don't worry. There's authorities for <laughs> joking. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Okay. So, well, we sort of spoke a bit about Haley there. She, yeah, she is with Jamie. To, to move over to Nathan, we see more of his temper from the guy that unfortunately has two lines. Otherwise, he would have been the perfect candidate for a background performer. Talking about you can... A very wooden performance, unfortunately. Uh, but hey, you can teach your kid to shave points and shave at the same time, you know. Um, terrible line, such a bad line. It was an awful moment, to be honest. 
great anymore i don't think i need to expand on that i thought his acting was dreadful and i thought the line was dreadful and if anything i wanted nathan to choke slam him <laughs> which he tried to he he gave, he lucas gave it a go he gave it a go there lucas uh sophie i don't know do you watch the watch along videos of course Every week. <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys post the full episodes because I'm I feel like I'm not missing out. Oh great. Okay. When you first said that, I thought that was sarcastic, but no, okay, I get <laughs> Okay, well, did you see that we tried to call the phone number in Lucas's phone? We re- there's a, a random phone number in this episode in Lucas's phone, and uh Sarah phoned it and we got a voicemail. But I'm thinking we should give that another try tonight. Do you think? I was going to ask if anything came of that. Story's not finished yet. Story Mm. is not finished. Dom, you seem hesitant. Well, it was a full mailbox. And then somebody had like looked up the name of the person that was on the answer phone. He may or may not be, may or may not be alive. So that was just a sensitivity Okay. Around yeah, but it. It, it rang though. So the thing the phone's on, isn't it? Like I I'm I'm with it. I'm not looking to you know upset anyone. Upset anyone. No. <laughs> just especially to just, just be like people hey, that we, love just, <laughs> we saw you on we saw this phone number on an episode of One Tree Hill and we're following the rabbit hole. Imagine it was secretly like Mark Schwann's phone number and we managed oh to get God. through to him on the podcast and we could say, Hey, you're a big douche. <laughs> <laughs> could put it out there yeah we just spoke to paul and he hates you too <laughs> there you go although i'm gonna say now that is not the viewer opinion of paul johansson because i can't speak for him disclaimer <laughs> so but we will do things like that on the watch along so you know if you want to be part of the ravens community and you're not already then you should sign up because you you can help you can phone random phone numbers that we find on the show but yeah i was saying you can also come on episodes with us and meet random cast members main cast members as well i mean we're talking about the main antagonist of the entire show shot and killed down the last cast member that we interviewed (laughs) so true i actually couldn't believe it going back to that again just quickly i was like i can't believe i'm meeting dan scott from one tree hill like this show that i've watched for like how old am i like 14 years now <laughs> anyways continue and no and this isn't meaning to throw any shade but you know the uh the big event that's happening in november people are having to pay like 500 dollars just admission that doesn't even Jesus. mean that that doesn't even count for meeting anyone like if you want to photo ops or autographs or to actually meet people then that's like another 300 400 all on top of that um and what i always appreciate about when we get to interview and talk to cast members is that like he didn't need to do that there was nothing that he needed to do from that uh he i i like to think anyway he's genuinely doing it because he knows that we're passionate about his work and about the show and that we're supportive of it you know it's like a Mm. right i'd like to think that i think that yeah definitely yeah he loves you guys you can tell 
He loves Simon. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, he's the one that's, you know, making comments to start hanging out on a weekly basis. True. I'm not not (laughs) privy to your watch-along parties on a Saturday night. Is that why you never want to hang out with me on a Saturday? You bastard. (laughs) That's why I can never do podcasts on a weekend. (laughs) Every week to your girlfriend, she's like, why can't we do anything on a Saturday? You don't understand. (laughs) Private time. Hanging out with Paul. (laughs) I'm watching an obscure British movie with Paul. (laughs) One time we watched a Nicolas Cage film. One time. (laughs) Only at Christmas. Oh my God. If you watched a Nicolas Cage film with Paul Johansson without me, that would be the end of our friendship. I'm not even joking. I don't care if you've got a black belt or whatever. I would put you in a headlock. Even if you're in that headlock for a second, I would scream at you for the injustice and betrayal that you put upon me. How dare you? Oh God. It hasn't even happened. And I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Sorry, Sophie. I've got pretty long arms. I reckon like if I wrapped around, I reckon I'd be in there for no, not a chance. Nah, okay. Sorry, mate. <laughs> let's let's head back to Lucas. Do we need to head back to Lucas? Have we missed anything from from him? So his interactions with Lindsay. Lindsay's a bit worried about his inspiration, like thereof, and now new inspiration. He's looking at the ring. We find out that the ring was originally for Peyton. This is kind of how this all kicks off, and she can sort of re- reappears, doesn't she? Is like, oh, you you know, out of your out of dreamland yet or whatever out of your daydream and he's like oh yeah and she's like well maybe you can put it on a page and make us both some money she's being you know practical let's let's do this for the right reasons and he's like no i'm gonna go for a walk and then just goes for a walk like what's that about is he staring at people behind trees is he then (laughs) is he wearing rubber gloves and a trench coat i'm gonna burn them down who knows so if you what are your thoughts on Lindsay and the relationship with lucas and do you think well, I mean, I know you know, but do you think, you know, looking at them from this perspective, that this should be the relationship that lasts? Because I think I know it doesn't. I mean, this is what I'm predicting. I still think Peyton is is the one overall that will be the one that Lucas ends up with. But do you think they, they have a nice kind of trajectory chemistry? I really like Lindsay as a character, actually. Um, and I think she's good for Lucas, but... I guess like we're seeing signs that like maybe Lucas just shouldn't be with anyone. Ooh. I don't know, because you know how like he's just, he doesn't seem, I guess there's something about, especially, well, in this episode, it's, you know, a whole um, episode dedicated to like his flashbacks, I guess. But um, I guess like he kind of doesn't seem like completely present in it. I don't know, but I do really like Lindsay and yeah, like maybe like she'll be good for him, you know. I mean, the whole not being completely present is pretty much indicative of his character though, isn't it? It's, it's happened in, in every season with every girlfriend that he's had. They've all had this feeling of him being like a bit mysterious and distant. And that's exactly kind of what he's doing to Lindsay. Now these two are back in his life. Yeah, that's so true. It's a, it's a little bit unfair. I think it's a bit unfair on Lindsay and that she's had the opportunity to, to kind of have Lucas um to herself without you know these other influences and the influences are clear and obvious in the book and she even asks it in this episode when they first meet as um because he this is where he first finds out he goes to that you know uh counter at the airport and he's like 
uh, I'm going back early. And the woman's like, okay, let me see if I can find you a flight. And then he's like, now I'm going to New York. And it's like, okay, yeah, let me see if I can find you a flight. There was no extra charge. There was no fee. There was no telling him this is the flight that you're going to be on. This was just like, yes, sir. Let's give him it. He's going to have a book published. Amazing. Just seemed to happen. I think if I went to an airport and I went, right, I'm, I'm going here now, they'd be like, who the fuck in hell are you? Piss <laughs> off, mate. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, but all of this happens and, the, and there's kind of a bit of, you, you know, a, a hint from Lindsay. Of, oh, uh, you know, the Lucas and painting in the story. And he's like, Oh, no, 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 that's nothing. He's like, Oh, shame. I'm rooting for them. And she's got this kind of sweetness about her and, and like niceness. And I, I saw her as being, um, defensive uh, a couple of episodes ago when it came to Peyton and Brooke. I still think that, but actually I think there's a, a, a sweetness about her. And it'd be such a shame for her to be written out because it's eventually going to happen or she's eventually going to, I think fade at some point or that there'll be some sort of tragic breakup between her and Lucas at some point. So um it is a shame. I think if he continues down that path, that she'd probably be a bit more settled in life, but yeah. I think she handled that um with the whole like Brooke and Peyton thing, like quite well and like quite a mature way. Like she actually, you know how in these shows, especially in characters, it's like they never tell how they feel and then it ends up coming out like episodes down the line in like mm. a fight but by the end of the episode like she just straight out admits like oh you know like this is making me feel uneasy having these like two beautiful ex-girlfriends back but yeah, yeah. and then it, it, like straight after that as well she's she even bumps into Peyton as like you know I was just kidding when I slammed the door in your face sort of thing but you know if you want to go to the opening of the of um what's her face's shop Brooke's shop um then you know I think you should go with Lucas and she says it to her and even Payton says, I feel a bit awkward doing that. And she's like, good. I want you to feel awkward because I, I know you wouldn't, you wouldn't do anything, you know, that you shouldn't be doing. So yeah, she's, she's an, it's certainly an interesting dynamic. She's certainly more grown up than the rest of them. I think. A much more mature approach, definitely. And yeah. I think because of that, I think she seems too mature for Lucas. Like there's times where it's like, she embodies and maybe she just looks a little bit older and that's again not not meaning that in any kind of negative way but uh she definitely doesn't look like she's like 22 23 and i think she's meant to be maybe a year older than him maybe because she's saying or maybe the same age that this is you know her first book that she's editing out of college etc etc but I think she looks a bit more like maybe in her late twenties. And I don't think that helps with the illusion that we're meant to be thinking that they're in their early twenties. She, she just comes a lot across as a lot more professional and a lot more like, again, a, a young person who's incredibly successful um, so far, but you know, she even explains it's her dad's business. So it's kind of, like a a good career path for her to go into publishing and editing and, and what have you um but she, she she said that you know her dad's kind of is harder on her and treats her kind of worse for it and i know we have kind of a similarity between brooke and victoria but um brooke is like all the ideas brooke has has everything that is required for that business to be a success um, in terms of like the ideas and the planning and the, the creative side and Victoria is the business. Whereas Lindsay has had to work, at, you know, has probably started in the mailroom and worked her way up from the mailroom. You know, she wouldn't have just been made a 
you, you know, editor, publisher, whatever she is straight away, uh, you know, assistant publisher, she, she's had to work her way up and, and probably, you know, like she explains, had a bit of a tough ride because of it. So yeah, I think fair play to Lindsay. I think she's actually uh, just a decent person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't often get entry. <laughs> Maybe Lucas won't know what to do without having to be with someone who he doesn't need to take care of. <laughs> yeah. That's Maybe. a good call. That's yeah. a good call. She is like too well put together for him. Like yeah. he, he likes to be able to swoop in and sort of be the hero. That's such a good point. She doesn't need saving. So she's mm. not, a, she's not a challenge. She's not, you know, he's not, I think he's ill. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe that's exactly why they might work out, but who knows? Yeah. But Sophie, can I just time check with you? Like, do you, do you mm. need to go soon? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we do like... your? How long? Oh, we can head it to Judgment Land. That's. Can okay. we do your okay. your judgments and then Dom and I maybe we'll go back and just finish up a couple bits. Or do? You, oh, yeah, or how much time have you got? What's um, it's like ten minutes. But um, okay. no, you guys keep going. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's let's get let's get your judgments and we'll take that into the into the final the final bit. Um, now, obviously, as you know, as a established, experienced Raven, that these questions are in order. Are you going to say that of every every episode of season five now? Because well, I've not be the order. I, I've not I've not questioned it lately. I've just I'm just letting it be. I'm letting it happen. So you've un- you understand? I understand that, are... that there is an order now. Oh wow! There has now... always been. <laughs> whoa, 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 okay. We'll see when we eventually get to the end. And we, because I want, when we get to the end, I want us to watch the pilot again. And, you know, from, and, but I also want us to listen back to our first podcast episode so we can hear if your predictions came true and all that sort of stuff. So we will mm-hmm. hear from then if the questions are in order. Okay. Well, Sophie, let's see if you know what's the first question going to be. Oh. <sighs> I listened to 93 episodes of this podcast and it's favorite character, right? That's first. Sophie. No. Could, Sophie. Be, could be anything, Sophie. We brought Paul Johansson on, on your episode <laughs> and you disrespect the podcast like that. <laughs> performer, please. Performer. Who's your favorite performer? performer? Ooh, I found this one hard in this episode. No one kind of really stood out, but I think I might go with Sophia Bush because I think um, people were saying like she was sick in this episode, right? So yes, I guess power to her for um, making it work. And, and I did enjoy seeing like that kind of vulnerable moment at the end um, with that scene with her in Victoria. So, yeah. Good, cool. And what about your favorite character? <laughs> I'm gonna say Whitey this episode. Mm. It was so good to see him, and then he just drops wisdom here and there. Perfect. There, there he is. is. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see him back. What about your favorite background performer? What Dom? One line or less. I think I'm just gonna give it to one of the basketball players, one of the the Cobras. Jersey number? Um, six. 
was a guess. I have no idea. Love that. <laughs> and what about your favorite line of the episode? Um, I'm going to have to go with um, a classic whitey joke where he says, um, no late night cyber chats with long distance blondie. It's just classic whitey. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we know that that, that, um, what's the word that backs up that plans out. What is that? What is that phrase I'm looking for? That checks out, that checks out because when Lucas is on the phone to her, she's like, Luke, I can't do that right now. So we know that there's been, there's something going on, keeping the spark going. What about your favorite song? I'll have to say, even though we just briefly hear it, um, Heartbeats, the one that he plays in his headphones at Peyton Sons, because obviously shout out to the championship episode in season four and that iconic moment. Nice. And then last but not least is the precious what, Dom? Precious. Rating. Did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? Yes. Did it increase, decrease, or stay the same? Stay the same. Okay, Dom, on your fingers, I'd like you, without showing the camera at this point, to put up what your guess of Sophie's rating is going to be, and I will do the same. Okay. My hands are here. I won't change okay. them. Okay, Sophie, on your own after three, hit us with it. One, two, three. Eight. Dom and I have both put up seven. <laughs> Sophie's gone with an eight. Give us some reasoning. What did? Why is it an eight? Um, we had basketball again we got whitey again um we got to see like nathan and lucas interact in basketball i like that this episode was really fast paced i feel so say like you know we had kind of um like that big moment like they won that game i feel like usually they would save that for a whole episode and then like the biggest thing of the episode happens in the middle and that's um you know peyton not peyton lucas proposing to peyton but then the episode's not over yet. Then he goes and he goes to New York. And I just kind of like how, um, like, every time I watch it, I kind of think, like, oh, is this the end? But then, you know, it just keeps going. And we obviously got a lot of answers. And, yeah. That's good. Yeah, there's multiple cliffhangers where they could have ended episodes, but mm. they didn't. That's, yeah, that's a good point. I like that. And how fluid is your rating? Would you, if you're at an eight, would you go down to a seven? I would go down to a seven because I have a feeling, you know, that might happen based off season five so far. Would you, would you go down to a six? No. Okay. Would you go up to a nine? Sure. Would you go up to a 10? No. No. Okay, so you're, <laughs> I'm a one you're, to heal, but not that much. You're at an eight, but you could be swayed to go to nine or seven as well. Mm-hmm. Luna's trying to headbutt the door. One second. <laughs> Here she comes. Luna. Okay, so, well, Sophie, thank you so much for waking up so early, uh, being involved and for helping us to interview Paul Johansson. Oh, thank you so much. Like, thank you so much for including me in that. I feel so special. 
that was great. Like I'll always remember that. <laughs> yeah. Love the podcast. Like it literally is like the highlight of my week. Like as soon as I see the new episodes out, I'm like, yes, straight away. So yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Oh, so sweet and kind of you to say. And like Simon said already, thank you so much for getting up early. Uh, I, and also I apologize for messaging you at what must have been about four or five o'clock in the morning as well to say <laughs> if you've got headphones and you know, but whatever. But, um, no, I really appreciate, um, you coming on. Uh, you, you've been brilliant. And yeah, next time we'll make sure, um, if Simon hasn't got a cast member that you, you get a lot more to say. <laughs> um, but you never know. You might, might just save cast members for your episodes now. Look, that is completely fine. I would rather <laughs> let Paul Johansson take the wheel anytime. <laughs> awesome but you've been brilliant as always so thank you so much yeah well, thank you so talk to you soon uh, yeah have care. a great day have a great day too bye. bye bye and then there were two and there she goes she's off i mean simon i have to say well done my friend you've managed to pull off a massive coup in getting paul in and just to talk to us and he just he's such a great guy i mean he will just talk and talk and talk and he's so nice and everything that everyone's going to hear is unedited so uh, it, it he is the way he is i mean you know he just gets excited about everything and talking to us about all sorts so yeah i think me and sophie were super stunned um i think you were to a degree but we were just shocked and surprised so yeah, if anyone's listening thinking they haven't really covered enough of this episode, it's because we just talked to Paul Johansson. So uh, you gotta you gotta forgive us for that at least. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, of course. I I I was really questioning whether or not to tell you or not, because mm. I wanted you to be prepared and say if you wanted to have questions and whatever. And then I also thought, but wouldn't it make so much more of a fun surprise <laughs> to shock you? And because I didn't have questions prepared either, I just felt like, well, we're just going to have a little conversation with him. But he stayed on for way longer than I thought. I said to mm. him, if you've got like 10 minutes or so, that's why I sort of cut it off at the end because I thought I don't want to take advantage here, you know? Yeah. I mean, he answered a lot of the questions I had as he was talking anyway. I'm sure he did that to you as well. So, uh, you know, so uh, occasionally I threw a couple back at him but yeah i think just could just listen to him talk all day i mean saturdays we don't get a massive amount of time together <laughs> yeah. but um yeah when he was answering or talking about his process of acting i was so in engaged in every word he was saying and i could see you like do you like slap your desk at one point like you were so in agreeance with or like in awe of the way he was articulating it it's because he answered the question before i got to ask it oh uh, which so was, was going to be like, what damn. about about whether was, you communicate to the other actors yeah, about your intention so like, in terms of that process how how involved are the other actors with that uh, and he'd already answered it so that's why i kind of said like are they aware of it at all and he's like now fuck them they can like do their own thing so yeah awesome oh it was brilliant i think well done to you mate for just being in touch with him and him uh thank you to him as well for just being such a kind of stand-up guy and joining us just randomly as well just yeah just a wednesday night <laughs> his his yeah well he's so nice massive thank you to him like he's in he's so supportive of us in like he's he pretty much likes like on instagram everything we put out he comments on things like he likes our like new podcast art and all these other things um he's just a really really nice guy and like i said earlier it's not like he's 
gaining anything from you know our small little podcast i think he's mm. just doing it because he knows that we genuinely appreciate his work um so yeah no it's awesome i was and really he, happy he it thinks we out. could get on drama queens that That's i think is I was... a bit far-fetched <laughs> well he's been he's been on there a lot like as in covering for when people aren't on there um like for when one of you know sophia hillary or joy can't make it um so i don't know it might not be fully far-fetched in terms of maybe if they did like fan appreciation week or something or i don't know i mean it because the thing is since they started their podcast i think it's going to be pretty impossible for us to get an interview with them unless Mm -hmm. we're at one of those conventions where we can meet them in person like we did with craig um so i don't know i mean it was paul that got us in with barbara so he did say he'd he'd kind of mention us so we'll see we'll see the uh the door on that is you know very much open so (laughs) what i should say is paul that's great but we're actually really trying to get lee norris on (laughs) (laughs) we really want to talk about mouth who wasn't in this episode oh mouth (laughs) yeah he wasn't in dan wasn't in who else wasn't in but most of them i mean this this was very much uh the path of lucas wasn't it for Mm. for this episode and i actually think that's that's quite important i think you know it's good to flick back to him being the the kind of protagonist of the show occasionally um every now and then we get it but not not that often because it it feels very much like a like an ensemble of protagonists there's there's a lot of different ones and we follow the different paths in each episode so you know we had you know Haley and nathan and so on and so forth so we got nate um lucas's sorry lucas's version of events which is good and then we kind of see the, the back bits as a, of that as well so we see brooke with victoria we see peyton having you know the really bad day at work after he, he um kind of leaves her at the hotel um and we see Haley and Nathan together uh, as as like a little family as well. So there's all these nice kind of touch points. Uh, and Whitey and Whitey just kind of sitting in the locker room and then handing over the reins to to Lucas, which again still feels completely unrealistic and uh, unbelievable. But it, it's a nice moment, and there's all these good bits of context that have now plugged a lot of gaps for me. And and I said I wanted to kind of see the college years. And I kind of feel like I'm I'm getting that now. And maybe we'll have another episode with some flashing back as long as they do it in this way it's not filler and and it helps you know the story progress because now i understand the situation that peyton was in when it came to the book signing and how she felt about that as well as seeing Lindsay. that that changes that whole perception you know she to me it was oh she saw Lindsay, thought something of it and left and that was it actually she turned him down a, a proposal. It was all a bit awkward, a bit strange. They then estranged from each other. She then turns up, sees Lindsay and goes. So it's added so much context to, to each character and, and their journey. And, you know, the discovery of, you know, Brooke saying, you know, Victoria's like the brains. She wants to do a magazine. She wants to do the couture line. She wants to do this. And, um, you know, bits that I'd kind of, you know, worked out, predicted, picked up on whatever you want to call it. But, um, it's come to light now and, and yeah, and always good to see Whitey. So there you go. Great. Well, great way to 
fill in the gaps from all the Paul Johansson excitement. Well, <laughs> shall we head into judgments then? Sure. I think, I think it's, we definitely should. We'll go through judgments and then is there anything else you want to cover or you would like to cover from the episode? Anything that you think we may have missed? Anyone we didn't talk about? I keep thinking, is there not, have we missed like someone's whole storyline, but it was pretty much focused on Lucas, like you said. Um, so we nah. just had the, the, the slight bit of progression with Nathan and Haley in terms of the trophies going back out. You know, he's not trusting the joint anymore. They're, they're kind of both working things out and and nathan says things are getting better bit by bit but it's taking time you know it's obvious that their relationship isn't where it was when you see them as the three kind of cuddling jamie and bundling about and playing and stuff it's fractured uh, but they're trying to repair it and and that's that's a good moment it's that's nice um just trying to think. Is there anyone anyway, else? It, it ends the cliffhanger of the end of the episode is that Brooke like asks Lucas basically if he still has feelings, right? Or something for Peyton. And basically the door's sort of left open metaphorically. And so we're seeing that there is potential there. for something to happen there. Yeah. Mm. Um and I, I think it will. I mean, I've said this pretty much all along in in season five since since it started i mean we're only five episodes in but i I still think there's a bit more of a journey to go with Lindsay and lucas um that will end probably not as amicably as lucas would like um but he's destined for peyton somehow i think there's got to be an admission of that somewhere uh in the next few episodes so yeah, we'll see. And, and Brooke's figured it out already. I've said, you know, I've said this since season one. Brooke is this sort of person that just kind of sees things and notices it. And I know this is quite obvious. It's obvious to us as the, as the, the audience member and the watcher, but she's like within it, isn't she? And living it. So she has kind of plucked that out and realized, okay, you're still in love with her. Let's maybe Brooke will get involved somehow. Um, and try and make something happen or make Lucas jealous. So that he, he it gives him more incentive to kind of push Lindsay to one side and and go for Peyton. Well, interesting. As I will always say, we will see. I just noticed Luna might just bark and I'm scared. Hang on. It's okay. I'm not scared of her barking. I'm scared of her waking up. <laughs> oh, baby. Child. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luna's the most non-scary dog in the world. Um, But yeah, okay, sorry. So let's go into our judgments. So if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And how could you not? Then please check us out, ravenshoops.net. Why, Don? Because basketballs go through. Hoops. But yet they also seem to go through. Nets. Ravenshoops.net. Become a raven join us on an episode and you might be joined by Paul Johansson or you might be joined by the woman in that crab suit in season two. <laughs> you never know. Or Barbara Allen Woods. Or Barbara Allen Woods. That one you'll know is when I'll say, oh, my mum might be joining the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to pull anything on you anymore. Am I like since the, getting psychoderic Matt Barr who was Ed 
or uh, now my dad is Paul Johansson. I don't think I'm going to be able to pull this anymore. I think you've, yeah, you've burnt all of those kind of bridges. <laughs> if that's the right phrase, probably not, but yeah. Or your avenues of deception, shall we say, are gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dom, in order, of course, who is your favourite performer of this episode? I really struggled with this. Really struggled with this. Um, Because the acting was bad. No, 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 no. But just because, again, with all these episodes, they're all kind of on a level playing field again. There's no, it's really difficult to pick anyone who stands out from the rest. Um, I'm going to go with Hillary Burton. Yeah, it's a good choice. It went for when she walked down like the corridor and she was upset. It's a great bit. All the, all the, all, all the female actors in, in, in this series can cry. Like there's no tomorrow. Honestly, they're all amazing at crying. Um, but she, from, from start to finish in her episode, just like the acting surprise when Lucas, was um around the having to go because her job's really busy and you know that's just her life and the way she has to live it the the sense of sort of embarrassment about her job and her description of it not being kind of true to what she had told lucas just all of these elements really made it like a worthwhile performance so i i think hillary burton was was definitely my choice for the episode uh and who was your favorite performer yeah, same. Um, I thought I really felt that moment when she was like, you know, in a minute, in a minute. And I think I remember I've had, I had times, well, this is different, I guess, but I had times of being upset at work when I was young in, in that sort of age, being shouted at by managers and things. And uh, I know that that's not the reason why she's upset, but it's very difficult to put on a brave face and a facade when you're, you know, confined to having to be somewhere for like nine ten hours a day um when all you want to do is just be in bed you know yeah, so, hide <laughs> uh, yeah and i thought she played that really well mm-hmm. um what about your favorite character i had to do it as well i had to go for whitey it's so good to see him back um i hope it's not the end i don't think that's a good sign off for whitey um uh so I think Luke is saying, Oh, what are you going to go and do now? And he's like, probably go to basketball games and shout at the coach. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's highlighting that he's going to appear. Um, a place oh, our, ra- so, our Ravens game and shout at Lucas. Yeah. I think he's going to move back to Tree Hill and yeah, that's what he's going to be up to. He never, he never sold the house. He never sold the house. He had to, um, you know, kept it. It's, you know, his and Camilla's house. So he's not going to get rid of it, is he? So yeah, whitey for me. And your favorite character? That's a good call. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Whitey as well. I mean, uh, it's going to be such an easy episode. <laughs> you don't want to know what my original rating thought was. Well, we'll talk about it in a minute. But okay. Um, what about your favorite background performer? Um, there's a oh, really. Whoa, cha- whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. What about your favorite background performer? What? One line or less. <laughs> yes. Oh, my apologies for that. Uh, there's a really chatty <laughs> lad at the back of the bus. So when Lucas and Whitey are talking to each other on the bus on their way back from the game, there's a really chatty Raven, uh, not Raven, uh, Cobra basketball player just chatting away. 
Um, so I picked him. And who was your favourite background performer, one line or less? Nice. Um, I'm going to go with um, this version of Jamie. Oh, my favourite version because he didn't speak. <laughs> well, he said and cool, he's, and he's cared for. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's not such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> joking i'm sorry that's that's later seasons later seasons put put your phone down put the keyboard away we're only joking right um (laughs) rubber gloves burn a tree (laughs) i'm watching you watch me watch you (laughs) oh yeah oh dear right oh it's my turn to ask a question oh yeah um favorite line oh okay so i went with i wrote down two i wrote down brooks one that said that was all right boozy let's get you in bed um but i think i'm actually going to go for the guy that is um riding the horse and carriage um mm-hmm. who had the weirdest accent in the world i think it's a combination of irish but he couldn't really do an irish accent so he did whatever he could do uh bless him but um he just, he looked almost like dead at the camera uh, and had this insane look in his eye and said, love is what it's all about. And it was just a bit creepy. And so I went with that line for the episode. What about yours? I did find him a bit creepy also. Uh, I'm going to go with, it was a nice callback, whereas um, Lucas says, why don't you try the fade away? And Nate says, Nathan says, fade away is weak, man. Mm. I like that because he, very, yeah. he says it's weak and then he always does it and scores and wins. So, but was also Q had said something in the previous episodes, the, yeah. the, basically the same thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, which is a callback to like season one, I think. Like at the there's a episode somewhere in season one. I think it's when they do the cheer, the cheerleader one or something, the tournament, and he wins the game by doing the fadeaway. So I think yeah, it's just a nice callback. Okay. Um, what about your favourite song? Uh, I've gone for the same song as uh, Sophie, which was Hot Beats by Jose Gonzalez. Uh, and yeah, that's the song that Peyton sends to Lucas when they've, when they've just won the game. That and is a good song. Your favourite song, Simon? Song. But I'm going to have to choose our intro music, which we, the John Nordstrom our intro music was in this episode and it's in quite a lot of episodes. Don't look at me like that. We think, have I, actual I think, permission from John to use it. I think myself and maybe one of our Ravens got so much abuse from you for doing that. Is that allowed? Doing what? For, for picking the John Nordstrom, you know, music. You, 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 always you, an were, option. you were a bit upset with us for picking it. You're like, no, I'm not having this anymore. Pick an actual song from the episode. Picking. No, I, no, I don't care about music. This is no <laughs> fine. I'll take that then. I'll take no, the no, no, Jose no. and Gonzalez. I I don't mind at all. I I like the John Nordstrom music. It reminds me of our intro. Yeah, it's beautiful. I just you're... extended it recently. It's like a minute and a half. It's you're so beautiful. Glorious. Okay, thank you. Well, <laughs> and then last but not least. It's the precious. Say it for me one time. Precious rating. Did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? I did. Did it increase, decrease, or stay the same throughout the duration of this conversation? I think it stayed the same. And did do you have a number in mind? 
for this episode. Yes. Did it increase, decrease, stay the same throughout the duration of this episode? Oh, it's increased. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. I have a theory, but okay. Okay. All right. I'm ready when you are. Okay. Remembering Sophie's was eight. Eight. Eight, but she could go to a seven or a nine. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. One, two, three, seven. (gasps) Oh. Oh my God, Simon. I was at a four. Wow. I, really I wish I'd like gone for three. <laughs> I think this is the lowest I've ever gone to score an episode. And um, I think I'm blinded because we spoke to Paul. I don't, it's very confusing. Um, he's not in it. And it's not. <laughs> I like yeah. the basketball bits at the beginning. I like all of that, but all of the Peyton proposal and then all of the Brooke and Lucas, I really don't like any of that stuff. And this is like one where on a rewatch, I'm like, oh, this episode. Um, this is unprecedented. This has never happened. You've never picked a lower number than me. I think I maybe have once or twice, but no. maybe when we're like at eight or nines or something, you know? Okay. But it's like you've never gone below six. I've never argued for you to go lower. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. Oh my God. This is, I don't know how, I don't know what to do. Do I don't think we have, I don't really think we have processes for this. <laughs> I think we're going to have to write something new. This you is a code things. red. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could happily go to a six. Uh, I would. I Where did willing. you go? Where did you go to? Six? Well, I said I said seven. Right. Uh, the reason I gave it a seven is because it uh, I wanted to plug the gaps in the storyline so much, uh, oh, and, yeah. and this episode did it for me. You know, um, for the most part. Uh, like I said, I think there's more to come. Um, but a lot of the, uh, as much as there's like shitty elements in it, I think there's a lot of like good stuff in it as well. So. It, it kind of was like a 50 50 balance. So like, it, even if I was at a five, then it like on my second watch, I was like, actually, we're finding out quite a lot about the progression and how people are still feeling and how they're feeling in, in the, that four year gap, which is what I really wanted. So I kind of got what I wanted from it. So that's why I went to seven. I don't think we can go higher than a seven. Definitely not, but I would be willing to meet you at six. However, Sophie's number. She was only really willing to go to a seven. So well, well, and I think I'm not appreciating that from this perspective because obviously I know all of the information. So that makes sense from a first time viewer perspective. You're getting all of that, yeah, information. Um, no, I'm happy to go to a seven. Um, okay, let's take it to a seven, and then that's everyone's happy. Then so we brought Sophie down to a seven. I've brought you up to a seven. Everybody is not going to hate me for once. They're going to hit you. You're the voice of reason for once. <laughs> Which never happens. <laughs> well, excellent. Shall we, um, we're going to go on the watch along in a second. Shall we, just because I might not have any time to say this to you before we do that. Let's not tell any of them about Paul Johansson. And let's actually say, oh, I'll say, oh, it's funny. My dad actually joined for a minute. So it plays along with when they're listening that they just going to think, oh, his dad pops in and then it's Paul Johansson. Don't even mention that. 
just don't even say anything don't say anything just say yeah really good episode right let's move on let's watch the next one because we've got to go straight into it haven't we so we're going straight in yeah 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 good okay well i enjoyed it that was a lot of fun um yeah please check us out uh if you on uh, patreon ravenshoops.net if you want to support us for free then you can do so just by leaving a rating writing a couple of words it really helps us to uh, expose our podcast to more listeners and we really appreciate that so thank you yeah absolutely please do that uh and yeah follow us all on the the socials as well social media is important in this day and age um but yeah simon fantastic job as always thank you so much um fantastic job just podcasting in general but for getting paul involved today as well it's amazing and thank you again to sophie who was our most surprised raven ever so yeah <laughs> awesome I, I really i enjoyed uh the conversation with paul and with you too as well wow and right back at you my friend it's uh you're you're the glue that holds it all together and what makes it all fun and lovely burning down bushes with your rubber gloves these uh, trees mate trees tree i'm sorry trees disrespect thank you don't do that I'm, again <laughs> i'm about to lose a tree from my front garden aren't i <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> well what should we do it in then what are you going to do the right i get to choose this is just you and me oh lovely. you do you do do you want the okay. pool voice ah oh, yes I, we should have got him he, to do it and then i just impression it <laughs> he did well he gave us a soundbite didn't he you can't kill dan scott that was good you um yeah he did a few Paulisms when I was watching him and I was thinking, oh, this is just fodder for Dom. He loves it. Yeah, let's have it. Give just us a good intro. In. Taking it good, all in. Good intro. You can't kill Dan's car. <laughs> Do my own version. <laughs> uh, yeah, Simon, um, this is um, it's so good to be back. You're, you're my best friend in the whole world. And, uh, I love you so much. I love the podcast. I watch everything you do. And um, what I really want to do is uh, sign it off with a Ravens on three. Are you ready for that? Are you ready? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is everybody else ready? Okay. Uh, this is what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to say uh, one, two, three, and then we're going to say Ravens. Okay. So okay. Uh, one, <laughs> two, three. Ravens. Ravens. <laughs> You're so good at that.